Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Lifting the Fog, a podcast that hopes to become a collection of conversations offering support and connecting individuals affected by childhood cancer. Uh, In this week's episode, I am joined by Caitlin Crater, who is a certified music therapist, a researcher, and a podcaster herself. Musical Health is the name of her podcast, so check it out, guys. Um, But Caitlin and I talked Music Therapy 101, what this work looks like in the hospital setting, and just talked about how wonderful music is for the soul, just talked about music in general um, and you know what what listening and engaging with music does to the brain also this is the first podcast i have recorded in quite some time so sorry guys and thanks for hanging in there and and waiting for some content but things have been a little covid crazy if you will and i feel like i'm personally just kind of getting to a place where i can refocus on the pod just in adjusting to to everything going on and being home with my littles. Um, so hopefully um, the next few weeks or pods that we put, can put out there um, can just be some positivity um, and things that you can be doing for yourself to kind of get through this, this weird time of uncertainty. Um, so for the next few weeks, we might kind of shift lifting the fog into the kind of lifting the fog COVID series where we just try to uplift and share and connect with each other during this kind of scary time of isolation. Um, I'd also just like to take a quick moment to thank each and every healthcare worker on the front lines right now, supporting patients and their families through such a heavy, weird time of uncertainty. Um, and we've been privileged to have some of some of them on the pod like um, Dr. Scott Coven and Dr. Jeffrey Raskin and uh, nurse uh, Rhea Watson and um, just you know nurse coordinator Beth Armstrong Um, so um, to them and to just everybody in the hospital community where I personally work and throughout the nation we're just so thankful for you um, and everything that you're doing right now to keep everybody safe um so with that being said i hope you enjoy this week's episode i know that i did i hope it brings you moments of joy and maybe even some ideas for how music can help during this covid craziness but also just in general and as always please email us at lifting the fog one so that's the number one with questions comments and thoughts for future conversations um follow us on facebook twitter and instagram again at lifting the fog one um And you can find our guests on this podcast, Caitlin Crater. You can find Caitlin's pod, Musical Health, on all of the same platforms that you find Lifting the Fog. So Spotify and Apple Podcasts being the the two most popular. And I'd encourage you to listen, download, share, subscribe, all that good stuff, because she's doing some pretty great things. Um, All right, y'all. Without further ado, Miss Caitlin Crater. Welcome, Caitlin. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining. Um, I am curious if you can just kind of start us off with with your background and what you do and and who you are. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I'll give you like um, a quick rundown. So I am a board certified music therapist and I serve our cancer center here at Riley um, inpatient. So to become a music therapist, I went to four years of undergraduate school. Mm -hmm. I majored in music therapy Mm -hmm. with a minor in psychology. 
And I found the program by, <laughs> I Googled music and helping people one day um, because when I was younger, I used to sing to my grandmother who had a stroke when she was in her 40s and wasn't able to communicate like um, in a typical way, but she would love when I would sing to her and I would see this huge change in her communication, in her body language. And so that's when I decided to find something to do with my life that would also honor my grandmother. So after I, I love that. got my, <laughs> just, I really feel like she's with me and the music that I make, like whenever I perform, I perform using her name because she loved music, but she was not a good singer like at all. Oh, so it, um, it sounds like myself. <laughs> yeah. and, and I called up my mom before on my podcast. Like my mom was also a terrible singer, uh-huh. um, but I loved both of their voices, you know, cause mm-hmm. it's personal. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually then, so as part of your music therapy degree, you do these clinical rotations and your last one is a six month internship. And I did my internship at Riley cause I actually had been working at camp Riley that summer as a music program staff. Oh. So if you don't know about camp Riley, they have each week during the summer, they host, um, week-long camps so they also have one through little red door mm-hmm. which is for all um cancer patients and their siblings and I just saw the way that Riley treated patients with so much respect and empathy and encouragement and just made everything accessible and I was like I need to check this place out <laughs> so I applied for the internship I interned at Riley and then I worked for a little bit out in the community. I went back and got my master's degree with a focus on music technology and research. And then I worked at Cincinnati Children's Hospital um, for a little while, which is an amazing learning experience. And then a position opened at Riley and Anne asked me like, hey, would you ever consider coming back? And I was like, yes, just know it was hard to leave Cincinnati, um, the job, but um, I really love Indianapolis. So I was happy to be back. And that's the long and the short of it. And now I'm here. <laughs> I love it. Um, so you, you kind of talked about this a little earlier. Obviously, you work you work at a children's hospital. You work in an inpatient mm-hmm. setting. You work quite closely with uh, the oncology population. But mm-hmm. what what really is music therapy? And then what mm-hmm. does that look like in the hospital setting? Great question. Yeah, I get asked this question a lot. And I start with the um, textbook version. Yeah. So music therapy is the use of music to work towards non-musical goals. So when you think about it in a way of physical therapy, so where they're using movement to help you heal or to get stronger or to improve your range of motion, we're using music for a variety of different things. So we can use music to help, um, alleviate some of the symptom distress that you might experience, especially on the cancer center. So we can, we use techniques to use live music to help your 
brain focus on something else besides the pain mm-hmm. and help your body relax. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot of processing through music. So that can be processing your emotions that you might not even know are there. And this is especially relevant for some of our younger kids, especially our toddlers. And we use music as a way to express how you're feeling uh, without having to use your words. And a lot of times there's a phrase, we have our issues in our tissues. <laughs> and so when you, when you start making music, active musicing, musicing is what we call it, like active music engagement, you're working through some of those things. So it can range between receptive. So that's where um, uh, you might imagine a patient laying in bed and having um, myself with a guitar at bedside and I'm playing to their heartbeat and trying to lower that to get them into a relaxed state. Or it can look super active and we've got drums everywhere and shakers all over the place. And um, yeah, so it looks very different and it also looks really fun Mm -hmm. because it is, but there's a ton of science behind it. So everything I do, I really use a a theoretical framework called the contextual support model of music therapy guides a lot of my work, um, especially in cancer care. So that theory tells us that um, children tend to thrive in environments that give them autonomy, Mm -hmm. give them um, choice and control and support relationship building. And so through music, you'll often see me offering a lot of choices Um, having the child take the lead when possible and really working on building that strong relationship. The main difference between music and like medicine, so like just listening to music and music therapy is that relationship piece. So my job is to build a strong relationship with patients and families so that they feel they have someone they can look to and turn to in times of trouble and also they feel safe making music um, in that space. Yeah, I love that. And I love how to just in your you're describing it and what it really is. But um, I feel like you answered the question without answering it that you don't have to be this musician or a good singer or know how to play an instrument mm-hmm. to benefit from music therapy, that you you can actively participate, you can kind of I don't know if the best word would be passively participate, but lay there mm-hmm. and observe it. Um, and you don't have to be, you know, this, this skilled musician to be able to benefit from it. And I I feel like that's that's probably like a misconception that, oh, music therapy can't be for me because I'm not musically inclined. I enjoy music. I enjoy Mm -hmm. listening to it, but I, I don't know how to do it. So it couldn't benefit for me. Oh yeah. And honestly, sometimes, I mean, it's, sometimes it's the best case scenario when you don't know. like how to play an instrument Uh because you don't you're not holding yourself to the standard uh the pre-hospitalization standard of musicianship that you're used to because so much is changing in your life yeah um and it's really about just creating and building connection and relationship and it's not really about the musical product. Yeah, because and you said that earlier that it's music with no music goals. So it's not like going to a guitar lesson where the goal is right. that you're slowly going to be able to learn chords and then learn how to put those chords together to make a song. It's just like interacting mm-hmm. with music to help you mm-hmm. cope or process. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And as music therapists, we have to constantly be acknowledging our privilege. We're the privileged musician in that space. So we're coming into the space with all this knowledge of music and we're creating it with someone who might have never played an instrument before. And so we're very aware of that and we will follow your lead as the patient and help to make you comfortable with doing something that might be new or novel. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, things like music therapy and art therapy, I think generally and hopefully everyone would be able to agree that there are different multi-faceted um, therapies offered in any hospital setting, let alone a children's hospital setting, is super important. Mm-hmm. It's a traumatic time to be hospitalized or to have a chronic illness. Um, and so helping children work through that. But I know that you know, in so many hospitals across the nation, programs like a music therapy program are are donor funded and supported. So how do you, I guess, convince people um, that this work is, is so important and beneficial for patients and their, their overall wellness? Mm, that's a great question too. So the way that we tend to convince people is through <laughs> science. science. Yeah. Um, and actually at Riley, we have several music therapy studies that are funded by the National Institute of Health that are large randomized control studies that have proven that there are huge outcomes for not only patients, but parents. Mm. Um, So we see recently we did a a pilot where we started, we're starting to do um, cortisol levels. Mm. So through spit swabs and blood samples. Um, And we see that even just by making music together, um, parents both parents and the child had reduced cortisol levels after music therapy session which is incredible right and so we also see really great outcomes for um, family bonding we see really good outcomes for um, coping behaviors in young children so the way that we are able to look at those behaviors is through um, we, we do pre and post tests that the parents fill out, but we also videotape every session. So we have coders that do behavioral coding based on the patient's um, facial expressions. Oh, wow. And we just see the kids from session one being a little bit shy, mm-hmm. closed off, reserved, unsure of themselves. And by the third session, they are independently making choices. They're kind of running the show. And you can see that transformation is so powerful for them to feel like they have a a place in that space in the hospital, to feel like they have a voice when oftentimes they are voiceless and choiceless, not by, I I mean, the medical staff don't want to have to do these things, but they they do to save their lives. And so it's nice to be able to see the freedom mm-hmm. that comes once they get to know that I'm a safe person. To see so- someone smile when you walk into a room, there is so much power in experiencing joy and happiness in for your physical body, for your physical health when you're sick. Um, music has also been demonstrated to boost your natural killer cells. So those are that's your immunity. 
And it's really this low stress, good feeling experience that for so long, sometimes I get bogged down by the science and I forget how important it is to have fun and how you're, you don't stop living your life when you get a cancer diagnosis. Your life continues and how uh, much of my role is to help you experience it in a, a fun way and in a, in a good way or to experience the pain and the pleasure. All, all those things happen with music. Um, so yeah, sometimes this, I start with the science, but then for my own self, I have to remind myself that it's okay that sometimes music can just be having fun. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think too, what you've mentioned already a few times is obviously all the science behind why music is so impactful. And then certainly how music therapy therefore is so impactful, but then just the obvious component of it is that relationship building. I mean, it's a person, a friendly face at the hospital that over time is investing time and energy and, and having fun with you, the patient. And over time, you know, you build friendships and relationships and you're like you said, this safe, important person that I look forward to in my day, that alone is so impactful for any patient. And then on top of it, you know, the, you know, just how powerful music is. And, I heard you, you know, earlier when we were talking about especially little kids, and I am obviously a teacher by trade, and prior to working at Riley, I taught preschool for so long, and I have a four-year-old son also, and it's just so, it's almost just funny how you can deliver a message to a young child by just talking, and then you deliver it in a song, (laughs) and it is literally a night and day result. You know, I can tell my son it's you need to go take a bath and he'll be like, wow. And I can, you know, make up a song about why we need to take a bath. And he's like, yes, this is the best idea. And it's like, what is, I've thought about that so often. What is happening? Why is it that you sing a song and it literally is like a light switch sometimes for a child where they're Mm. immediately engaged, immediately interested. And like, yes, let's learn. I mean, teachers, I feel like there were math songs I was singing in middle mm-hmm. school and high school to help myself remember things. Like there is something inside of us as humans that responds to music and song. Why, why is that? Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you. So our brains, as we know, are right? incredible. Yeah. It's, it's still kind of uncharted territory okay. up there. So I'll tell you like the most we know, right? So we don't, and when it comes to our brains, I, I don't really know that we ever Definitive have, answer. Uh, yeah. Like Absolutely. this is the true fact of the matter, right? But our bodies and ourselves are very musical. And from the beginning of of his recorded history, music has been used to communicate um, historical facts. Music has been used in medicine. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know the that. Time That's of pretty interesting. Plato, um, but yeah. So really, the arts were the arts were really heavily integrated in medicine um, long, long time ago, and we're kind of we're getting back to that more so now. Um, but our brains. We the our music goes throughout the entire brain, so it's not like it lives in one part like our speech and language does, and so 
when you have these songs um, and mm-hmm. it's you put up this upbeat, catchy tune, yeah. our brains are like, yes, I like this. If you If you watch a scary movie, for example, without the soundtrack, it might not be scary. Um, so, you know, why do our, the strings, the high string sounds, they kind of trigger our fight or flight yeah. a little bit. So we're yeah. like, oh my gosh, don't open that door, don't open that door. Um, and the same thing happens when it's, uh, when it's a bop, as I would say, when it's like a, a nice mm-hmm. song, you automatically have that smile on your face and you're paying more attention um, because it's like a multi-level system music is has the beat it has the melody and it has that message that it's sending across um and so that's like patients I'll ask them so how do you want to feel how do you want to feel today how do you want to feel when after the last song is over and so we can intentionally pick a song that for them is super meaningful um is maybe they want to have a smile on their face at the end so I'll know I'll play a song that automatically is like one of their favorites and will leave the room with a smile so yeah you can set up your musical yeah. space and it, I mean it is crazy too to think that you could play a song you know f- for the world to hear and it be spoken in let's just say English but any other language could probably interpret mm-hmm. somewhat what that emotionality behind it is is it sad is it is it upbeat and that's kind of why mm-hmm. it's kind of wild. I mean, it's pretty, it seems yeah. like just rudimentary, you know, duh, upbeat music makes you feel good, but it is kind of like when you really think about it, it kind of hurts my brain <laughs> because, because it's like, why, why do we like intuitively feel that way? <laughs> but it's true. I mean, you go through a bad breakup and you just want to listen to like right? Adele on repeat <laughs> or whatever your oh. choice is. Oh my yes. God. And then you're like, she's speaking to my soul. And a year later, yeah. you're like, yeah. happy. And you're but like, oh, that's I a mean, nice song. You, you know what I mean? People <laughs> all the time, like music and certain songs or artists, you know, get them through, you know, breakups or, you know, hard times in their life. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's like this, I think it's also too, I mean, even thinking back to you and you talking about you creating relationships with patients when you do music therapy, I wonder too, if like we subconsciously feel a relationship with an with an artist you know and I said Adele earlier but let's just say you're you're listening to Adele and you feel like she gets me she knows me she's singing like to me uh, about the situation that I've been through so I wonder too if we're like thinking that we're making you're building relationships while we're listening exactly yeah and that's I mean, that's the, you know, with great power, great responsibility. That's the Spider-Man quote, right? Um, And that's what being a music therapist can often be because you have the power to open up a space that, like I played a song the other day, True Colors, um, during a group session and I had both a patient and a a parent get really emotional and start to cry and I kept Mm -hmm. the song going to give them space for that because some our emotions live like right there behind our eyes and sometimes you don't know what song is gonna trigger the flood and that's okay and so just being able Mm -hmm. to tell someone hey that's okay this is what we need um and keep it going 
because you never know what emotions are going to be triggered by a song um, because they can, like music and memory is so highly connected. So we, we do have to be pretty mindful too of, of the songs that we're using with our patients and families and what it, what the history is. Like you said, I mean, you really lives. don't know, you can't anticipate how that will impact some, someone and um, different artists or different types of, mu- exactly. of music and styles do, I guess, maybe not a better job, but a different job, I guess, in storytelling. But sometimes I think of music in that way as well, that it's, it's telling a story. Um, oh, hundred percent. I love, and I, that's like one of my greatest thing, like my favorite things to do is help yeah. to tell patient yeah. stories using but, music. Yeah. I love that. It's just, and it's just so such a powerful way to communicate it. And then maybe like that musical component about it makes our brains like perk up. Like this is like my four-year-old that's excited to get in the bath when I sing the bathtub song. It's like the story was interesting maybe before, but because it's tied to music, I'm, it's like you've sprinkled it with something even more exciting and now I'm really engaged. Yeah. Right. And then the one thing that is so beautiful is to see the patient and family reaction when they hear their words back to them with music and just bringing it to life. It's that that those moments are super surreal sometimes to because I I will tell patients like you don't have to sing. You don't have to know anything about music. You know, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah. And we can create a song. And that's something that is, um, it can be powerful. And yeah. It, they can also be and, super silly. And I'm and sure fun. that as a music therapist, you just, you kind of follow their lead with that, right? Like you're not, you're not reaching for this to be some super mm-hmm. serious way to like express your emotions. If the patient is feeling like I'm just needing to be silly today, oh, no. then that's what you do. Exactly, exactly. And that comes from, you know, my um, background, too. I'm a, I'm a, well, I'm a pragmatist is my framework. That's like a research thing, but very humanistic in my approach, um, person centered and really getting to know someone. That's why we do assessments. And that's why we spend time getting to know patients, um, so that we can know what kind of day they're having. And so if you would, you know, meet a patient and start a relationship and start working with a patient, um, how often would you see them? Would you see them once a day or? Oh yeah. That's a great question. So um, when we do an assessment and we triage our patients based on um, different factors. So here at Riley, we Mm -hmm. focus on resilience. Um, We focus on working towards functional skill development. And then we also work on distress tolerance. So those are our three big things. Um, We did a whole, not too long ago, we looked at um, kind of our evidence-based practice and best practice. And so depending on how the patient is doing, so if I have someone who comes in and they're in a ton of pain, I'm going to put them high on the list. I'm going to see them probably for shorter sessions, but multiple times a week. 
Um, if I have someone coming in for a planned admission, they're going to be there for five days um, and they need help adjusting to the hospital environment, I might do two sessions a week. So it kind of depends on each patient um, and what they need and what, what they have access to, if that makes like within themselves and tools yeah. for their hospital stay. So yeah. And especially if someone's like newer, um, newer diagnosis, yeah. that's a really overwhelming time, but really that feeling of overwhelm can come whenever. So each time they're readmitted, I do a, a new assessment and I just check in and see how things are going. Um, and then I also try to set them up with tools to be independent because um, I'm not just on the cancer center. I wish that I could devote my time more, but um, I cover the burn unit and pulmonary as well. So I try to also educate families at the same time yeah, so that they can continue the music and, at home. Yeah. You know, as you were sharing about that, I was just thinking too, that how how hard is it to try to, it, it's hard in the, in the inpatient setting because it can be so acute. Certainly there are patients that stay for quite some time, months sometimes. Um, but if it's a five day admission and you feel like, or let's just even say they were there for a couple of weeks and then you feel like you're making this progress in this, then, you know, music therapy is really helping to support the patient right now. Um, and then they're going home. Mm-hmm. How do you help families mm-hmm. transition and like, what kind of things can you talk to them about, about how to kind of keep this going? Like, you, you know, this is working for this patient. It's a great coping skill. They're getting enjoyment out of this. Do you have families say like, gosh, what can we do now that, now that we're going home to continue this? Oh yeah. All the time. And almost every music therapy company in the city has a wait list. Yeah. So it's really hard to get services yeah. at home, but I do have a list of resources for families. But um, what we've done is, is talked about how, you know, I'll model like, okay, so in that session, mom, you did a great job offering choices and those are things you can do at home or having those built in like bedtime routines and like you said, a bath time song. Um, so when they come back in, I kind of ask how it's been going um, at home and what things yeah. they've noticed. Um, and just suggest ways of, so the cool thing is like when they come in, it's sort of like after their first admission, they expect, okay, we're going to get to have music therapy. And yeah, we don't want to come to the hospital, but we get to see yeah. so-and-so and um, we know the routine's going to be very similar and that's important and then sometimes we have um so there's a non-profit called team luke um that he was a former riley kiddo and they put together like little music packs for us to be able to donate and um, give to families and i have a little brochure that can go in there that i created just to give some suggestions of how they can use music Mm -hmm. at home um And then now with all of this COVID-19 pandemic and switching to virtual sessions, I can, in the future, I'm really looking forward to being able to set up families with virtual um, sessions if they are struggling at home and want to have a check-in session. Um, We also have little music bags and kits that 
um, we're trying to put together, um, I'll probably do some fundraising or something for those um, to be able to send home with families. That will look like a lot of the same instruments we used on site. So that's a current like little project I'm working on, but actually is this kind of like a silver lining of COVID-19 is kind of being forced to move all that forward. Yeah, I'll definitely say, I think, um, you know, even in the outpatient hemoc clinic, you know, we, we've talked about that as a group too, that it's, you know, if you're having to think mm. of the silver lining and in, in all of this that, you know, our outpatient clinic connecting with and figuring out ways to reach families virtually and to get comfortable with that is a good thing, is, is a good thing mm-hmm. long-term. And so even, you know, being able to offer music virtually. And I think, I mean, what would you say too, to a parent that notices a child's connection and benefit from music therapy inpatient? And of course, all, all of our therapists are really great in the hospital at talking to families about these are things that you can be doing at home. Um, and these are songs that you can be singing or, or like you said, you know, praising the mom and saying, I'm noticing how you're giving choices and that's really great. But the, would, would you, I guess, also encourage any family that notices how much a child, you know, is impacted or benefiting from music? There, there are so many resources out there that, um, that are free. Like you said, finding a music therapist can mm-hmm. be hard, but even like, um, I live in Hamilton County and I know every library within my County has a music time, um, for young children, um, or, or there's like bongo Mm -hmm. boys in Indianapolis. So just, uh, yes, bongo Bongo boys Boys is great. Um, just Googling even free music classes or, or music interactions for your child. Um, and just keeping them connected to music in any way could be helpful. It's exactly. And that's something that's like a normal thing. Yeah. Right. So for a lot of our kids who played sports mm-hmm. um, previously, their bodies have gone through such a, a, a to- toil. It's take such a toll on their bodies that they find that they can't perform the ways that they used to. But music is like the great equalizer so you can show up to a drum circle and like tap on a drum but you're making music with everybody and that energy is like so contagious or going to an online you can do concerts virtually you can um sign up for uh lauren with joyful melodies has an intergenerational music group that she does with grand friends and the nurse i've done that with her my little oh I want to have a child specifically to go to. <laughs> I that. will loan you one of my children and you can take them anytime. Thank yes, you. anytime. Yeah, I did that. Actually, yeah, it was you. with my almost four year old, but he was a babe. And we went to okay. a nursing home and um, all of the residents were kind of in a big circle and we were in the middle. And she did like, I don't even, maybe a 30 minute class. <laughs> And the residents yeah. just enjoyed it so much. And obviously the kids enjoyed yeah. it so much. And it was such, I mean, that's such a fabulous idea. And I think, I mean, I think that was five bucks. Um, but even uh, there's, so there's just, so much out there that's yeah. really reasonably priced. Or like I said, even mm-hmm. like libraries that do free yeah. free music lessons. And I've certainly been to my fair share of, you know, a, a library free music class and thought, 
maybe we won't come back to this one, but you just shop around you find <laughs> those hot spots and, yeah. and, and find places where um, you really like the vibe. And um, there's lots, there's so much out there. And I, because I think, I guess I wanted to say that too, because I think trying to get any child and or just person in general integrated with therapy of any kind can be really hard. Mm-hmm. That's such a hard first yes. step. So if you see that your child really is responding to music, to latch on to that and, and yeah. to know that also that is yes. an alternative to them setting it in a cow on a couch, rather across from a, a therapist, if they are feeling really terrified about that, that there's th- other options. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, just know when it's time to go from, so there are so many different levels. Yeah. So you can do a music class and that might be the best fit for you and your family. Or you might notice that your child needs something more mm-hmm. and your teenager, but they don't want to go to, you know, a traditional talk therapy session, but music therapy, art therapy, dance movement therapy, these are all um, creative ways, creative modalities that are often more acceptable for especially children and teens yeah and I myself I respond really like I am terrible at art but art making for me I just like art therapy makes sense yeah yeah I'm I after this session and so for me and my own personal mental health like I seek out like my therapists are usually creative based or or just a little bit off the the traditional and children already do such a you know great job at expressing themselves through play and art and music where that can honestly feel a little more out of our element or challenging for some for some adults but so it just feels like this area that they're already so good at expressing themselves so (laughs) they really are yeah yeah kids are pretty amazing but I did want to talk about, and you kind of talked about it a little earlier, just, you know, right now you're at home, I'm at home, we're recording this on our, mm-hmm. on our phones, um, uh, because of the, the COVID-19, um, I guess pandemic and restrictions and everybody's staying mm-hmm. home and, um, how this is changing life in so many aspects, um, especially our young friends at the hospital, you know, school is closed for them. Um, They're isolated, you know, before you and I um, called each other today to record this, I spoke with a patient that was just getting ready to transition back to school. She went to school for three days and she was so pumped because she had been home and Mm -hmm. isolated because of cancer treatment. Mm -hmm. And she went three days and then the COVID closure school closures came and she's home and she's just struggling. Um, And she can't, you know, she can't do, um, uh, the little red door camp. She can't do jazz band. She's just, yep. she's just yep. struggling. And yeah. um, I guess I wanted to talk to you about too, what can, what can we be doing while we're home and cooped up and maybe feeling isolated mm-hmm. and anxious? What can we be doing with music yeah. to help? What a great question. <laughs> um, I've been thinking about this a lot. I was talking with a colleague and we were talking about how over time, throughout the age, throughout history, every time there's sort of a crisis, we turn to the arts. Um, 
And I just think that demonstrates how essential things like music, art, um, poetry, novels, dance are so important, um, especially in times of crisis. So I really would encourage everyone to take a break from social media if you're feeling overwhelmed, except for (laughs) finding there's a ton of artists who are doing live shows from their living rooms. um, And I would encourage you to maybe text a friend or call them and say, hey, do you want to watch this concert? I'm going to log in and watch. And it's sort of like you're there together. You can use playlists to build routines for yourself. So if you're struggling to get out of bed at a reasonable time, um, make an uplifting playlist. Don't I encourage? I love that idea. Thinking. Yeah, <laughs> it's like your your yeah. workout playlist. You're you mm-hmm. pump yourself up with really energetic songs. So I I love exactly. that idea. What's gonna make you move while you brush your teeth? You know, and I always tell people to make those playlists when they're in a good spot. So like, you know, you can also make your unwind playlist for the evening when you're like, okay, that this is time to slow down um, evening routine. So what's going to happen in your brain and your body once you do that a couple times in a row? Those songs are automatically going to send a signal to your body, okay, it's time to get up or okay, it's time to unwind. So oh, like, I love that. It's like this for, kind of routine. Yeah. So babies, when they're in the womb and they their ears, um, their hearing starts to develop and a mom sings, um, let's say she picks a favorite family lullaby and she sings it every night as she falls asleep. When that baby is born and the mom goes to sing that song, it's going to trigger that relaxation body response in that infant because the mother was training her body to relax when the song was sung. And so we can apply that same idea to our lives um, using music. Yeah, I I love that. And that's so funny that you say that because I was just thinking about this conversation and um, thinking of things I wanted to talk to you about um, because I I personally love music. I Mm -hmm. can't sing. I can't play an instrument. I think I can. I I sing really loud in front of my kids. um, But and we sing together all the time. And just because, you know, being a preschool teacher, I just, yeah. you know, always singing. But um, it is crazy. Just, I mean, we talked about even like the bath time song and how singing works for my children and just like getting them to do things that I need them to do. But even like mm-hmm. my daughter knows when I sing that one song, it's bedtime. Mm-hmm. And she'll literally, she'll, you know, she'll lay her head on me every time I start to sing that because she knows that's our bedtime song. And it is just, our brains are crazy things. <laughs> yeah, It's crazy how she, they just make those connections. But I love, I love the idea of creating playlists for yourself. And I think they're hashtagging some of those concerts at home with the together at home, mm-hmm. right? On Instagram. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And I think it's like through, I know a few artists like Coldplay and John Legend mm-hmm. And Ziggy Marley, they've done it through the Global global Citizen. Um, so if you follow that on Instagram, and then I think if you even just search ha- that hashtag together at home, you can find a lot of artists that are doing those virtual concerts. Yeah. Um, but I love that idea of even calling calling a friend and listening to it with them. Yeah, exactly. And it's sort of 
like you can even um, think of it as attending together. There's just so much that happens. You can't really replace live music, but this is kind of the yeah, next no. best thing. Um, yeah. And then also, I know this is kind of off, like crazy, whatever, but I'm going to encourage you to watch Frozen 2. <laughs> because I'm so obsessed with it. Okay. But there's so many themes. <laughs> there's so many good themes, like the song, Some Things Never Change. Um, so just yeah. reminding your, asking your kids, okay, a lot of things has changed. What's something that hasn't changed in your life? And just identifying that, oh, wow, you know, as much as things have been turning upside down, I still walk my dog every day, or I still eat breakfast with you every morning or something like that um they have yeah she sings all you can do is the next right thing it's just full of really good messages so if you're having yeah oh I love it yeah and we we love frozen over here so that's no that's not hard so you know another really good um kiddo just show with songs is and it's definitely geared for younger ones but Uh Daniel Tiger oh Daniel Tiger I that's obsessed yeah oh daniel tiger has single-handedly helped parent my children (laughs) for the last four years yeah but just so many good social emotional songs there's songs about um how some things change some things stay the same so just like you were saying with with frozen or what to do when you get frustrated or mad um but music is just so powerful and I, I love it. I love to use yeah. it in my everyday parenting, but it sometimes it feels good to hear from, you know, the smart people like you of <laughs> why, why it is so important that yeah. there is tons of data and science behind what's really happening inside of our brains and why it's so important. So and I'm it, just, and I'm it, thankful that our kids have people like you. Oh, that's so kind of you to say. I just also want to point out that these don't have to be like big changes and and really hard things that you do like you can integrate music into your life and just be a little bit more intentional if you have like more screen time just making it Daniel Tiger or or these things that are just just a skosh intentional so like you don't have to be I love that super mental health hero of the world um I don't know. Uh, that I love. Yeah. Well, no, I love you saying that because we're all putting too much pressure on ourselves. I think right now to be doing this whole pandemic thing the right uh, way, yeah. and we've never really done we've never really done this before. So I think it's all about everybody. It's so cool to watch everybody get so creative with ways to just keep ourselves upbeat and positive and thankful for the Mm. things that are going right and to be in tune to things like concerts on Instagram Mm -hmm. and calling your friend and making playlists and just like even turning off the TV and saying like I'm just gonna make from five to six is like just music Mm. in the house like let's switch up what's happening I love that idea I'm gonna um, steal it (laughs) yes music time we have nightly dance parties I love that where Alexa Alexa plays. Um, oh, my daughter is obsessed with Lori <laughs> oh Berkner. God. Have you heard of Lori okay, Berkner? I don't think there's a music therapist alive who hasn't heard of Lori Berkner, but I could be wrong. Oh yeah. my god, I have a love. <laughs> I have a love hate relationship with. Her. Oh, but 
See, I, I do think I'll have to send you a video sometime of my 18 month old because I literally watch her and I'm like, you have music in your oh, soul. Yeah. Like when music comes on, how she moves, moves to the beat or like hits sticks together. And she just is so in tune. Oh. But Lori Bergner, God, for all those parents out there that don't know Lori Bergner, look her up. She's yeah. she's like a captivator of the child soul. I don't know what oh, happened. It's but... like it's like drugs for children. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's insane. My daughter will just stop what yeah. she's doing and sprint to the kitchen mm-hmm. for a rocket ship run. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I feel that way. There are certain songs that I would sprint for for this, sure. Oh, there, this is not a lie. Literally yesterday in the shower, I was singing. It's like a B song from her in the shower, and I'm like, what? is happening to my brain i'm by myself without kids and i'm singing those songs (laughs) (laughs) they're in there they're in there yes they are so like there are it's really interesting how the brain works but often it'll i think about myself in a nursing now and what my music would be singing because you sing songs from your like mid-20s are what sort of sticks when your memory starts to fade Oh yeah. Um, so I think about that, and I think I'm like my poor music therapist is going to have to sing a lot of like Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Like uh, from my twenties. I love Anyways, it. So yeah. Well, before we go, um, that you know, thank you for your time and just sharing ideas on how people can just really try to, as best we can, connect with with music and integrate that in this kind of craziness that's. COVID-19 and and how we're isolating and and everything. But I know that you as well, Caitlin, have started a podcast. So can you just share a little bit about that as people are sitting at home and maybe they can can start listening to that too? Yeah. So my podcast is is called Musical Health and it's a music therapy informed podcast. And I basically um, I cover topics all about music in our own physical, mental health, um, and each week is a different topic. The first three episodes are a series on lullabies and the way um, music is used at the time of birth. And um, moving into this week, I'm going to record an episode on music during COVID-19. Um, <laughs> so perfect. But you can listen. It's perfect. Our listeners can listen to that. So it's, it's musical health. Yeah. And I have mm-hmm. to tell you, I've listened to the lullaby ones and I've loved them. That Australian oh. woman. Oh my I, God, I'm obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. She's like pretty, pretty smart, pretty great. But yeah. So musical health and just like this podcast, we record both of our podcasts on the Anchor app. And so the, it distributes them, I mean, everywhere. So you can listen to musical health, correct, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. a- Anchor app. And then do you yeah. have an Instagram page for it? I do. So the Instagram page is actually my professional page. So it's Caitlin Crater. Um, And then I do have a Facebook page as well. That's Musical Health, the podcast. And I, on that Facebook page, I post a lot of stuff from the hospital too, and like general music and wellness stuff. So if you're just like a nerd who loves music like me, um, it's the podcast for you, you know? (laughs) Perfect. I've, I've started listening to it and I love it. And it's Caitlin, C-A-I-T-L-I-N, Crater, K-R-A-T-E-R, mm-hmm. Musical Health. And I will post some links to your pod 
um, in this, in the settings for, for this recording. Awesome. So that people can find you. Okay. I love it. I think, I think we have to plan when hopefully, you know, life gets back to normal, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, a part two where we can like do some mock sessions together at the hospital. Yeah. That would be fun. I'd love to like show you around and, uh, yeah. Like do a day. We have, yeah. I want to do a day in the life of Caitlin Crater or a day in the life of a music therapist. Yeah. I would love okay. that. And depending on the day, you'll either get a lot of like wheels on the bus or you might get a, a combination. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, Caitlin. Well, I just love and appreciate you and I love the work that you do. I think it's so important that we offer this to our kids. Um, and I just, I'm um, glad that you're at the hospital doing all you yeah. that you do. So thanks Me for too. your time. Thanks. Thank you. And I hope I get to see you soon. But if not, we'll I know. digitally virtual, connected. Virtual, yeah. virtual hug. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing it. Okay, I literally Caitlin. did it. Okay. All right. I, well, I did too. To I literally <laughs> kind of tried to hug my bum like a weirdo. I could hear you doing it. Yeah, it was weird. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're not losing our minds. It's okay. No, we're fine. No, it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> okay, okay, Caitlin. I hope you have a really great day. Thank you too. You. Bye, Megan. Thanks for listening to another episode of Lifting the Fog. As always, please email us at liftingthefog1, that's the number one, at gmail.com. We want to hear from you with your questions, concerns, thoughts, and ideas for future conversations and topics to dive into. And subscribe, whether it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, but subscribe and rate us. We would also love for you to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at liftingthefog1, and please hashtag us at hashtag liftingthefog. And as always, Lifting the Fog is an independent podcast. All information, thoughts, and opinions shared are for informational purposes only. No material on this podcast is intended to be substituted for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please always seek the advice of your qualified health provider with any questions that you may have. Thanks for tuning in.